2019 is done and in the books along with the rest of this decade, the 2010s. But what was our favourite movies of the past 12 months? I'm Mike. And I'm Darren. And this is Popscorn. Entertainment Movie Review Podcast, and for the final episode of 2019, the final episode of the decade, we have the best and worst movies of 2019. We do. Um, it's an okay year. I got uh, just over 20 movies seen. I think it was less than 25. I can say that much. I know you've done more. 31. Oof. Which is quite a good number for me. Um, I've been in the cinema a lot this yep. year. And it's been a changeable top 10. Okay. Yeah, this is the most it's ever shifted. This has been the hardest for contest I can remember for this top ten. Things have had to drop out um, that would have otherwise been in there. Um, but we didn't get round to everything, did we, Michael? As is tradition, we did not see every film released. How could we? It's a two-man operation. Uh, and there is a big honking list, especially this year, because it felt like there was a lot of important films coming out, that we did not see. And as is tradition, Darren... Uh, accompanied with a bed this year uh-huh. that we're actually going to get. We are. Uh, would you please let everybody know all the movies we didn't get round to in 2019? Now, this is for me and me alone doing the edit on this. Darren, I know you're playing the PS4 right now, but last year you didn't put a bed in when you said you would. I need you to put Fallen Order down for a second. Okay, good. <laughs> and now I need you to put a bed in. It doesn't have to be a little Spanish flea, but that would be preferable. Okay, <laughs> do that now, what and everything's going to be fine. Yeah, but it's good. It is good. Okay, here we go. Here is every movie we did not see in 2019. Welcome to Marwin, the front runner, the upside, Glass. Can you ever forgive me? How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. If Beale Street could talk, happy death day to you. Instant Family, the kid who would be king on the basis of sex. <laughs> Wasn't on purpose. Fisherman's Friend, What When Want. Us, Missing Link, The Sisters Brothers, Wonder Park, Mid 90s, The Man Who Killed Hitler and Then Bigfoot, Wild Rose, A Dog's Journey, The Curse of La Llorona, Tolkien, The Hustle, The Secret Life of Pets 2, Ma, Late Night, Men in Black International, Brightburn, Child's Play, Escape Plan 3, Midsummer, The Queen's Corgi, Annabelle Comes Home, Stuber, Horrible History is the Movie, The Current War, Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw, The Angry Birds Movie 2, Blinded by the Light, Playmobil, The Art of Racing in the Rain, The Sun is Also a Star, Tell It to the Bees, <laughs> Dora and the Lost City of Gold, Good Boys, Ugly Dolls, Angel Has Fallen, Crawl, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, The Informer, Downton Abbey, Hustlers, Ad Astra, Rambo Last Blood, The Kitchen, Ready or Not, The Goldfinch, Abominable, Gemini Man, Shaun the Sheep, Farmageddon, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, Terminator, Dark Fate, Doctor Sleep, The Aeronauts, Midway, The Good Liar, The Irishman, Last Christmas, Little Monsters, Marriage Story, 21 Bridges, Frozen 2, Angel, uh, Charlie's Angels, Jade and Silent Bobbery, Boot, Look, Lucy in the Sky, Star Dog and Turbo Cat, Black Christmas, Jumanji the Next Level, Cats, Little Women, and Spies in Disguise. Whew! Ooh, 
How many films we didn't see? 82. 82. <laughs> wow. Makes my uh, paltry 31 movie scene seem not that impressive now. Uh, really does. Um, <laughs> I'm not the kid who would be king on the phone. <laughs> I thought you were going to trip up on um, uh, Dora and Good Boys, so it becomes uh, Dora the Explorer and the Lost uh, the Lost City of Gold Good Boys. That was good, but no, I lost it also on The Sun is also a star, tell it to the bees. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bees! Yeah, The Sun, yeah? It's also a star. What? <laughs> I? No. Uh, it, does it remind you of um, working in the cinema and being able to do the uh, the marquee? You know, for an absolute fact, I would have done the kid who would be king on the, the basis, basis of sex. sex. <laughs> fitted in my little thing, but there we go. Uh, now, traditionally, Michael, we do this by month. We do. We give ourselves uh, a minute on each movie. Now, guess who didn't lay things out by month? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, oh God. Darren. Sorry. Um, Will this be a good time to introduce this thing that I forgot in my pocket of some X-rated candies? <laughs> Yes, what a great time, what a great... Um, oh, that just says big dick and eat me. Oh, it's, just, <laughs> it's what we all wish uh, love hearts were, but weren't. Yep, um, I forgot, I, I wanted to get rid of these, so I thought I'd bring them along to this. Okay, uh, there'll now be a brief second pause whilst Darren writes in months for everything. See you in a second. And we're back. Uh, sorry about that. Um, but as we usually do, we kick off in January. It's a good thing we did that, by the way, because I found out I've seen another film. So well, my count's up to 32. Well done. Um, also, those X-rated candies are disgusting, apparently. They're awful. Have I one. will have one in a second. Um, hey, but then you kick off uh, with a January movie. Cool. Um, so can you give me 60 seconds on the clock so I can talk about the favourite? For the uninitiated, um, we limit ourselves to 60 minutes, 60 minutes, 60 seconds uh, per movie we want to talk about. Um, 30 seconds each if we've both seen it. Yep. And we I don't. Will, we review things we've already reviewed. Yeah, we we you can go and listen to a full blown review of most of these things, and then we'll wrap up at the end with our actual top ten of the year, where we'll, we'll we won't time ourselves. We'll be a bit more diligent. Cool. Okay, you get the full sixty seconds to talk about the favorite. Go for it. It's a really fucking ugly movie, and I hate it. Uh, surprisingly, there are some really good performances in there from uh, Emma Stone, Rachel Weisz, and Olivia Coleman. Uh, who, after watching this, makes you feel even worse the fact that she never got to be Doctor Who, and instead we got Jodie Whittaker, and everything's wrong with the world. Um, it it's a movie that thinks it invented sex, which is a real big problem when they didn't in fact invent sex. What? Um, or lesbians, for that matter. Oh. Um, the general conceit is just it's just a very nasty film. And I don't say that as every film has to be sunshine and happiness. I enjoy a good depressing or vindictive story when they come around. But this one just felt like being horrible for the sake of horrible. The angles in this film, at which most of the shots are filmed, really fucking annoy me. If you want to make a different period movie, do it with a different story. Don't do it with the same shitty story that we already know. And just think, I'll make some weird fucking shooting decisions and editing decisions. I really hate this movie. I want this director to die. Oof, Jesus. Oh dear, Michael. If you can believe it, that's not the worst one on my list. <laughs> oh boy, you've been waiting for this day, Darren. We're going to have a fucking talk about one film later on. So am I. I hope it's the same one, because that's going to be great. Mm. Um, okay, I've got two movies in January. How many yeah. have you got? Six. Okay. Um, well, I'll take one now. Uh, I, no, I know you've seen Green Book. Yep, so let's um, do... Uh, but we haven't reviewed it properly. No, we have not. We did an Oscars episode, but we'll no. do another one. We'll do... We'll give ourselves 30 seconds each on this. Okay, look. Um, I came to this late. I didn't watch it in its opening time. Uh, I've seen it when the Oscar. It was a big deal. Uh, I really like it. I think um, 
it's not. It's a very uncomplicated movie considering it won the Oscar, but it's just a very nice, simple story about two men coming together across racial differences in a time when that was quite rife. Um, and it, it's really a, not a buddy cop movie, but you get what I mean. It's a nice road trip. It has nice messages running throughout, and it has a very nice ending. And no counts as a Christmas movie, and I think it's going to add it into rotation. I do think that this was absolutely worthy of the Oscar win. Um, it was a close four competition between this and Vice, which we'll talk about in a moment. Um, and this one has extremely great performances, both, excuse me, from Viggo Mortensen and Mahershala Ali at that centre. It's that crux of that friendship, although I believe there to be some historical inaccuracies with that, that really drives this movie home and actually makes it better than its problems. A worthy Oscar winner and a movie I am glad to have seen. Very well done, Michael. Right, I'll give you a full 60 for whatever you want next. Cool. Mary, Queen of Scots. Here we go. So this was a bit of a weird one, and one that was incredibly sympathetic to Mary herself, as you would guess. She is the title title character. I think she's played by, is it Saoirse Ronan? I think. So it's interesting because this is quite another, it's another film that's quite revisionist against history. Uh, they, they do lay out the facts, but they don't really explore why it is that Mary had to be killed, and they make her out to be this kind of, like, flower crown princess when she was cutting about murdering quite a lot of Catholics, she, or, or Protestants. No, Catholics. She was murdering the Catholics. So there was a lot of glossing over history in order to tell this, this story of two sisters. And whilst her relationship with Margot Robbie was interesting, the movie doesn't deliver on any of the actual interesting stuff, chief of which is David Tennant, as I think his name's John Proctor, uh, the the Catholic, the Protestant guy. He was a very interesting character. Wish we got more of him. Sadly, it's not very good. We are flying. Um, cool. I'll give you another one. Yep. Um, just because I know you've seen my other movie in January, so we'll be talking about that again. Um, so which one are you going for? Dragon Ball Super Broly. Oh, Christ. 60 on. seconds on a fantastic anime movie that really pushes this franchise as far as it can go in terms of animation. I like to have an anime movie on the list, and I'm glad to say this time it's actually from my favourite anime franchise. Um, the fight scenes are completely spectacular. They tastefully use hand-drawn animation in 3D and blend it really, really well so that it's actually seamless and you don't know it's a 3D model. The music is striking and weird at first but actually really fits the tone of this but more importantly the core story of this movie introducing the the ordinarily movie exclusive character of broly into the actual canon of dragon ball and all of the madness that comes with just an absurdly powerful man like more powerful than like gods and shit um and making it work and actually making you feel sympathetic, improving on those grounds of that story that was introduced in the early 90s, I think was really, really impressive. And the fact that I haven't seen a better anime movie this year speaks volumes to how good this one was. Oof, tight. Tight like a toy. Okay, here comes in 30 seconds about my only other movie in January, Stan and Ollie. Hey. Um, I thought it was an okay movie. I've not grown up as you have with the Stan and uh, the Lawrence and Hardy um, sketches, but I think both Steve Coogan and, um, oh my God, um, John C. Riley. of course, um, give very good performances, very believable performances, and, and it's a, I'm, I'm appreciative of the story they told, of like not showing them at the height of their power, but showing them on the back foot and what it means to be friendship through the hard times, not just when everything is going well. So I similarly think that the movie is very, very good. Um, I think it has the best use of the Black Country Museum in a movie ever. So yep. that's always nice. Mm-hmm. A good old leather and bottle coming in there. I agree with you in that the core performances and that core 
contested friendship between um, Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy is really explored in a fantastic way, in a believable way, and in a way that I thought was less hopeful than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a romp through their career, but I think placing it at the end of their careers was actually a very smart choice, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. Best part of that movie, of course, when someone I was watching, we've asked if that was uh, Stan and uh, Ollie playing themselves. Oh, good God. They are looking pretty good for 127 years. (laughs) (laughs) But fair play to them. Um, Cool. Right, that is me done for January. Cool. So, have you got something else? I've got one more to go. Okie doke, have six seconds on. Vice, it's a fantastic political movie that really kind of puts a fear into you of what what politics is like, what the state of politics has evolved into, certainly in the in a post-9-11 world. There is exceptional performances from uh, Christian Bale as uh, Dick Cheney, as well, weirdly, as Steve Carell who's really fucking good in this movie, a really snidey bastard. It delves deeper into how the play for power not only affects uh, the people directly involved in the White House, but how it's gone on to affect people's personal lives and their personal image in their hometowns. And the narrative is structured in a way that is interesting. It doesn't always land, but I appreciate that they tried something different in order to try and convey this message to you that the corruption has always been happening, even in the moments when you thought it wasn't and how that continues to propagate right up to today. It's a striking movie, and it's very, very good. Beautiful. Okay, that's January dealt with. Uh, next up, let me just scroll to the bottom of my list. Well, I only have one for February, so... I have two. Um, and I know you didn't see mine. Which is? Elite Battle. Oh, Angel. the little you know, Michael. The little you know. <laughs> There's 30 seconds for you. Give me a second. One of the most realised anime movies I think we've ever had. It's not a story that I'm particularly familiar with. I didn't grow up with the Alita anime or the Alita manga, although I appreciate that they visually at least try to stick with the absurdity that anime brings and bring it about in quite an effective way. I believe the person playing Alita does an absolutely fantastic job of emotionally carrying that movie. It does set itself up for a sequel it damn well won't get, which is a bit of a shame because I did actually want to see a bit more of that world. This is the worst movie of the fucking year, and I'm going to tell you all about it in a little bit. Okay. <laughs> you used four so, seconds. Yeah, I'm a four, man. Four, do I tell you about that plane ride? This was worse. That happened on the way there, and it was still the worst thing that happened to me in flight during my time in Florida. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, right, so you didn't see... Now, this might shock people, considering how I know how much you love the first one. Maggle did not see the Lego movie too. I didn't. Um, now, put it this way... I don't remember all that much about it, so I don't think you missed all that much. It's definitely not what the first one was, um, and it never really could have been. It's still funny, and it's still very creative in what it comes off at. It just It's lacking the real creativity of that first one, even though it's basically the same team back, um, all the same voice caster back. Um, they basically try and push the limits of the um, real-life crossing over with the Lego stuff as much as possible. It's still got a nice message at the heart of it, which is appreciated, but... It's just lacking the little bit of special sauce that the first one has. It's not got as many jokes. Obviously, not having everything be fresh and original kind of hampers its appeal as well. But, I mean, as far as kids' movies go, it's pretty good. It had a lot of other good animated movies out this year, which maybe didn't um, float to the top as much as it did the first time around. But it's still worth going, and I would like to see a number three. Awesome. Succinct. Okay, February clearly wasn't up to much, though. No, it really wasn't. But here comes a glut. 
Uh, March, I've got three. I also have three. Wonderful. I are think they, they're the same three. Are they Captain Marvel fighting with my family in Dumbo? Yes. Sweet. Um, okay, so we've done a Captain Marvel review. Um, so you can go and listen to that in your own time. I think we've done a Fighting With My Family one as well, haven't yes, we? Yes, we have. Well, we did it as part of Feminist February, which also included the Lego movie. Yes, it did. Wait, but you didn't see the Lego movie? Yes, I didn't see it. So I reviewed it by myself? Yes. Oh, cool. Um, so that means we have to talk about Dumbo oh, for 30 seconds. I don't know if I'm able to find 30 seconds to talk about Dumbo, but I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, if it wasn't for Elite Battle Angel, this would have been the worst movie of the year. Um, it's definitely the worst of all the live-action reboots so far, just because it's so devoid of, like new ideas it's a i know lion king basically did nothing new but somehow this did less um and it's just such a really miserable movie it's not i know dumbo isn't a particularly happy movie anyway but my god is this lifeless and devoid of all joy considering it's a movie about a flying elephant i disagree in that it did didn't have many new ideas it had lots of them but they were all shit ah so this film is Pretty much a spit in the face of what the original Dumbo was, and it's another example of Disney trying to deny what past they did have. I know it's not tasteful, but we have to admit that it happened. Dumbo is somehow less lifeless and less heartful than it was in its cartoon form, and all of the visual intrigue within the original cartoon is completely drained out so we can have amputee Colin Farrell the drama. Yeah, Colin Farrell tends to get inserted into these types of movies. He did the same we say with Mr. Banks. I'm like, no, mm. I just want to see Tom, Tom Hanks be Walt Disney. I don't I don't really care about all your problems. Just always be Bullseye, then we're going to be happy. Yeah. Um, bullseye? Yeah. All happy? Yeah, Bullseye. Yeah, see? Um, right, okay. So I think the ones in the glut we're mostly going to have done reviews for. So that was March. April, I've only seen Endgame. Right, well, I've seen two other films. Oh, lovely. Okay, well, here's your first six seconds. Uh, we have got a full-blown... Uh, Endgame review as if that's a shock to anybody um, but there you go your first 60 minutes 60 minutes 60, 60 seconds, seconds on Shazam uh, which was oh I forgot about Shazam oh, okay. I have right. seen Shazam fair enough seen Shazam. 30 seconds each on Shazam then there you go. Uh, I really liked it it was a dipping a dipping of the toe into a more cartoonish slapstick and overall funnier movie that the DCU universe was lacking uh, it, we got those hints of it in the recuts of Justice League but it didn't work there it fucking works here Zachary Lee Levi is an absolute treasure. He makes this movie work. And honestly, there is an emotional crux in this movie that I didn't expect to work as well as it did. But good God, was I invested come the end. That's a fun fight at the end as well. I've just realised we do have a review of this. Um, do we? I think so. Oh, we'll do 30 seconds anyway. I've done some. Okay. Um, I'll refresh my review. Um, yeah, I agree. It was the comedy shot in the arm I think the DCEU needed. Um, it's It can potentially carve out a new path for the whole DCEU going forward where they just say, right, let's just ignore everything we did before. Start anew. People seem to like what we're doing if we just be brave enough to tell new stories and don't make them all 2000-era superhero movies just looking better. Um, I did think Zachary Levy would struggle to be a superhero, but he doesn't. He's fantastic, and everyone else in this cast is as well. Everyone loves Super Chuck. I do. Um, And now you get 60 seconds. Let me just double check. I haven't seen this one. Yep. What is it? Guava Island. Yeah, I don't know what that is. It's uh, it's a trash fire is what it is. Uh, This was a short movie released on Amazon Prime and was 
uh, the sort of a vehicle for Charles Gambino to have a little film. It also stars Rihanna, and whilst their chemistry is indeed interesting, the actual plot is so bare, bare and paper thin it's unreal. Whilst the music is great, including some unreleased tracks that have yet to be fucking released, which is really annoying, I can't honestly say there's any reason to watch this film when you can just go and experience the best bits by going onto Spotify and going to Charles Gambino's songs, apart from the two that I wanted, which are the ones he didn't fucking release. It is an absolute bare-bones plot about sort of escaping your world and living in kind of a, a bit of a heightened reality and a fantasy. It has a bloody ending for no good reason that I can't tell you why this decision was made. Um, the supporting cast are pretty terrible. Across the board acting is pretty bad, apart from that crooks relationship at the centre of it. Um, you can spend half an hour having a wank instead. Moving on to May. Uh, <laughs> we're going to leave that hanging yeah, there. Yeah, we're just going to leave that there. That's a, that's the best review you've ever given for a film. <laughs> um, okay, so in May, Detective Pikachu, we have a review. We do. John Wick 3, we, we have, have a review. review. Um, now, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, we don't do, we? Eh? I don't believe we do. Uh, I think we let, both saw it at different times. Let me double check that. I went to see that real late, so... Tell you what, let's do, let's do 30 seconds whilst I'm checking we've got a review. For the fuck of it. Um, okay, so... Uh, I'll kick us off. Where's my 30 seconds? There it is. Um, so much better than the first one. So unspeakably better than the first one because it just gives you more of what you want. Giant monsters smacking into each other. Um, I liked the... Um, I actually liked the human cast in this one. I think they did a better job of making them interesting but not overbearing, which was two problems the first one has. It had the opposite problems of those. So I think... In doing so, it means that I'm not annoyed whenever the humans are on there, but they also give you a lot more of the kaiju battles you're here for. It is a fantastic film. Um, whilst I don't think it's quite fully realised as to what it could have actually been, I could have done with more monsters, to be honest with you, and more fighting. It is a marked improvement over the badass 20 minutes at the end of the last one. Whilst I still don't think the last film is a bad film, I think this one at least is more satisfying. Uh, specifically, I think everything involving King Ghidorah was fucking amazing, uh, and I'm excited for uh, Godzilla vs. Kong next year. I can't, I can't remember if that's got delayed or not. Yeah, November. Ah, right. November okay. next year. Still coming, though, so that's all that matters. Oh, Lovely. Yeah. Um, okay, did you see Longshot? Nope. Here we go. I get a minute. Ha, 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 ha. Minute, 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 minute. Um, yeah, Longshot is the Seth Rogen, uh, Charlize Theron comedy uh, where she's, like, the vice president. She's trying to become the president and he's like the hipster journalist they send along to make her seem more human. Um, it's kind of played as like an unlikely romantic comedy, but it really works. It's both funny, which, you know, I, any comedy that makes me laugh, even slightly, I give too much praise for because we're not in a golden time for comedies at the moment. But yeah, it's genuinely very, very funny. And it's also, it makes you believe enough that even though it is a long shot, <laughs> that these two people could get together thanks to really nice performances from Seth Rogen, who usually brings a thunder in these comedy roles, but also Charlize Theron. She's still acting like herself, but who knows she had comedy chops. Uh, it really works. I would really, really suggest it. It's just a very nice, it's a very easy Netflix movie. It's a very easy turn your brain off and just enjoy for two hours movie and nothing more than that. Oh, that was under time. Yeah. Um, cool. So I've got one more. I'm not actually going to mention it at all until we get to the top 10. This for me. It is. Yes, because I've also it, got one more. Which is? Aladdin. Okay, good. Yeah, my, my The one I'm not going to mention is my indie choice of the year. So I'm going to save that for the top 10. Okay. Um, but yeah, Aladdin. And you've got a minute. Whilst it was good, it did feel a bit hollow at the same time. 
I think the core performances are fantastic. And Naomi Scott as Jasmine, I don't like her new songs. But mm-hmm. other than that, she's very good. Um, I can't remember the name of the guys playing Aladdin and Jafar, but they're also really good. Unfortunately, it falls down on Will Smith. And oh. this was the big thing of, is he good? He's different, is what I would say. Right. I obviously am still hung up on it not being Robin Williams. And in fact, I don't think the movie should have been made. However, what they do and how they change up the action of the movie a little bit and I guess try to modernise it with the Will Smith Genie and the I'm a Feminist Now songs, um, it, it, it can probably pull in a bit more audiences. And Aladdin's actually one of my more favourite of the uh, 90s at Disney animated movies. Does it rise above that? Absolutely not. Is it a trash fire? Fuck no, Dumbo exists. Yes, it does. The only bit I've seen is them turning Iago into, like, gigantic death bird. I'm yeah, like, it's hey. stupid. Okay. Uh, right, June was brassic for me. I got four done in June. Oh, wow. Well, um, tell you what, you kick off then. Um, with one that I know you haven't seen. Go on. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile. Boom. A fascinating look at uh, the Ted Bundy case, actually framed in a way that I found interesting but flawed. In, a, in the way that it was framed from the perspective of his then-girlfriend uh, going through the trials with him. And what it does is alleviate the absurdity of the situation while still making it somewhat believable and actually explain how it is that Ted Bundy was so enigmatic and did attract so many people. It's not glorifying him, which I think what a lot of the critics have said. Mm. It explains as to how he got away with all this shit and why he was so goddamn popular. Mm. Zac Efron at the centre of this is the absolute best performance of the entire thing, although there is uh, somebody from uh, either Skins or Misfits in this and she doesn't do too bad a job. She's quite a transformative in that that character as well. But basically it's the Zac Efron show. And whilst it's not going to barnstorm anybody and it was put on straight to Netflix, so it was never going to be a blockbuster, I think it's absolutely worth a watch considering it is a relatively short movie and it's enjoyable. Very nice. Have uh, you got another one that you know I haven't seen? Um, I think you've... Oh, yesterday. Oh, wait, no, hang on. Are we in I June? I haven't seen yesterday. Gee, yes. oh, okay, give me 60 seconds on yesterday. Fuck me. <laughs> okay, right. I asked Darren to watch them on the plane because I wanted him to experience pain. Uh, however, he did, just with a different film. Yesterday is a trite idea that is, is clever at trailer depth and then doesn't deliver on that whatsoever. Whilst it does sidestep some of the issues that I thought it was going to come into, in quite a creative way, um, it all falls down on the performances. It is a dreadfully performed movie. The The fact that they made Ed Sheeran, one of the main characters, in playing himself, fucking stupid. The girlfriend, well, quote-unquote girlfriend character in this, I think it's Lily James playing mm-hmm. this. She was last seen in um, Baby Driver. She yeah. was the best, one of the best things about Baby Driver. She is the fucking worst bitch in this movie. <laughs> the, the whole thing is aimed upon, you can't follow your dreams, you have to be with me. And the fact that that's where the movie fucking ends is absolutely abysmal. I hate this film. Who's to that going? Um... Now, frankly, there was another music movie out in June that yes. I think we both preferred. We did, and that we didn't review being it. Rocket Man. Um, I saw this on the plane, um, so I came to it late, but I think um, it does a good job. It's not do, trying to do what Bohemian Rhapsody did, which was a, um, a straightforward retelling of, of the life. It's more of a, um, what's the word, a fantasy take on Elton John's life. Um, there are some very good music scenes, though, um, very good recreations of his concerts and how it's kind of... The Rocket Man scene itself is... Brilliant. Yeah. Um, performance is good. Um, I just yeah, it just missed out on my top ten. Um, I think it's solid. I, I 
I've had more fun watching Bohemian Rhapsody because it. Kind yeah, of, you're more invested. Yeah, in that, right? yeah. But there we go. This absolutely blows Bohemian Rhapsody into the dust. This mm. is a fantastic, uh, imaginative, out of order telling of Elton John's life, and really puts you in the mind of how he would have experienced his own life given his very, very troubled career. I think Taron Edgerton at the centre of that gives a fantastic performance and the fact that he sings all the songs is absolutely fantastic. He's one of the best talents we've got working right now. I think the editing and the music in this movie were the absolute standouts, though. Yeah, right. Yeah, it just a bit missed it. I think I've, I've come to like it more... Um afterwards thinking about it in comparison to other things but uh no does not quite make my top 10 okay july spider-man far from oh wait is there anything left in june uh x-men dark phoenix oh i forgot about dark bloody phoenix we have got a review for dark phoenix so you can go and listen to that i will tell you now it was until quite late in the game in my top 10 but i couldn't bring myself to do it so I, i i have dropped it at the end um but yeah Sorry, completely forgot about Dark Phoenix. Um, okay, July. Spider-Man Far From Home, we, we have, have a full review. review. Toy, Toy Story, Story 4. 4, we have a review. Lion King? We don't have a review. Lovely. Here's some 30 seconds on Lion King. Uh, it's the Lion King again. <laughs> I don't know what else you want me to tell you. Darren warned me that it was just a live-action retelling of the Lion King, and it is. Yes, the the characters do look like lifelike, but I actually think they did it better in The Jungle Book. I don't think there's any reason to watch this film outside of it if you want to watch The Lion King again, but this time pay 10 quid to see it rather than just dig it on Netflix. I'd like the voice cast enough that they're fine, but there's nothing new here. This isn't a new film. Do you like The Lion King but wish you had less soul? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then have I got the movie for you. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. And to be fair, the, the novelty of seeing some of those scenes in live action, especially the opening, that is fantastic. Um is there, but it's it's something you can watch in YouTube clip form and get the same amount out of it. You don't need to sit there and watch the whole kit and caboodle. Cool. Ooh, with eight seconds left. I'm very succinct, Michael. Everyone's always said. Yeah. I have literally nothing in August. Have you got anything left for July? I Sorry. Have, uh, no, and I have two left. Uh, two in August. Okay, go. 60 seconds on. Yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Boom. It's not Tarantino's best movie, but by no means is it its worse. I'm glad that it did come out this year purely because it would be weird to not have a Tarantino movie to talk about for X amount of years. And after the, you know, relative failure that Hateful Eight was, it's nice to see him go back to something he knows better. I think the absolute standout of this film, one that I was not expecting, uh, was Brad Pitt as Cliff Booth, who I'm going to say now, that's the performance of his career. If he's not won an Oscar, Mm -hmm. if he doesn't get nominated for that as Best Supporting, what the fuck is wrong with this entire system? He is note for note fucking perfect. And it's not to say that he's, you know... The only good thing about this, Leo DiCaprio and Margot Robbie also put in fine performances and there's a great supporting cast around that with a lot of fun cameos. Damien Lewis is in the movie, which is very, very strange, but I enjoyed it. Um, I know people probably won't like the ending and how it deviates from history, but I at least thought it was a very bloody Tarantino-esque fun romp. Boom. And 60 seconds on. Um, you're not going to give me 60 seconds because I'm going to need some time to talk about it later, but I just want to tell you that in August I did see Balance Not Symmetry and we'll be talking about it later on. <laughs> cool. Um, okay, September. It's pretty scared for me because it's it chapter two and we have a review of that. We haven't got a review, but we've both seen it. Have we not? We've not. So let's have, let's have 60 uh, Oh my seconds. God, I thought we did. No, we haven't reviewed it. My bad. Um, so it's chapter two, very much a lesser being than the first one. Uh, really shits a bed on a lot of things. They do bring back the kid cast, which is definitely the best bit. And, you know, Bill Hader's always fun to have around, but 
it's just not scary and it's just not all that interesting and it, the ending, how they actually get rid of Pennywise, maybe the stupidest goddamn thing I've ever heard. It's just shout abuse at him. It's like, why did no one think of that before? He's an all-powerful fucking thing. It makes no sense. It's poop. The adult performances are fine. Like you said, Bill Hader stands out. Jessica Chastain is doing her best with what she's been given. Uh, but yeah, the best thing about it is the very limited use of the kid cast. And I wish it wasn't so limited. I wish she was far more involved. They tried to divorce the story into two parts. And whilst I think that was the best thing to do, ultimately they shat the bed with this one. And it's nowhere near as scary. It's nowhere near as interesting. It's nowhere near as endearing. It's not a bad film. Don't get me wrong. Visually, very nice. But lacks the soul of the first. It's almost like a video game. Because yeah. it becomes like, well, now we've got to do Bill Hader's bit with him and his kid bit doing like, trials yeah and then we've got to do that for um jessica chastain and then we've got to do that for um james mcavoy etc etc et oh and the guy they got to play um oh not mikey what's his name doesn't matter we'll get to it later cool um anything else in september uh you know that's it cool um that means we move on to october where we have zombieland uh double tapped which we have a review of uh same thing for the joker we have a um i got the adams family you can have 60 seconds on The Addams Family. Lovely. I really like The Addams Family. It was a nice retelling. It's not the definitive version by any means because they make some um, choices. Basically, it's along the same lines of one of the Addams Family values where they're trying to reintroduce them into normal society. Um, they do use animation to really push the weirdness of them. I would have liked more. I don't feel it actually went gothic and creepy enough. It kind of hold back a little bit on some things. Um, but the animation's very nice, the voice cast is very good, especially Oscar Isaac as Gomez, is a fantastic choice. Um, it maybe could have been funnier, which is why it doesn't make my top ten this year. Um, I, I felt like there, there was creative juices they've left. It laid the bedground for a very nice um, sequel, but ultimately it sticks to what the Adams Family message should be. Of like, It doesn't matter if you perceive yourself as being a little weird, family is the most thing, and the way they get across the familiar bond of the Adams family is very, 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 very strong in this movie. It's probably the best thing about it, uh, and yes, I would recommend it, but no, it does not make my top ten this year. Very toit. Mm. Uh, I've got another one for October. Okay, yeah. Have you seen Judy? I haven't seen Judy. Uh, you don't need to waste your time. Okay. Uh, whilst it is quite a depressing movie by design, I didn't realise how depressing it was going to be. It tells the story of the end of Judy Garland's career and is based on a play uh, telling the same story. Unfortunately, it's quite a joyless movie, obviously, by the actual plot. Mm -hmm. um, but this might, outside of the Aeronauts, which I haven't seen, which completely fucks over time things, in films, I, in terms of films I have seen, this might be the worst case of inserting a fictional event or an event out of time because it serves the plot. Uh, because they introduce these two characters, um, the, who this aging gay couple, who are absolutely the best thing to happen to that film, and they never fucking existed, and it never fucking happened, and it betrays the audience's emotions because of that. The performances are fine enough, but if you're emotionally betraying an audience to invest in an emotional story, you failed. Fair enough. Why did you watch Judy? I got dragged to it. There it is. Um, cool. Anything else for October? That's it. Lovely. We are Modrin. November, Knives Out, we've got a review. Yep, i got one more in November. You have. Go on. Le Mans 66 Ooh. was a absolutely thrilling movie. 
I loved this. I didn't think it was going to be my thing because I'm not a car guy. Mm. Uh, as it turns out, it is so much more than that. It is a selection of great performances uh, with Christian Bale and Matt Damon at the centre of that, although across the board, the cast do an absolutely stellar job of telling this story. I think there is a lot of intrigue going on that, which I think is actually given a lot of time to be explored and really delve into people's mindsets in terms of their career paths or their family life or their emotions. Uh, and it does all this surrounding one singular event um, of the Le Mans 66. The speed and the way that this has been shot is great and the movie is incredibly well paced throughout. It gives you more than enough time to fully sympathise with all these characters. Uh, and there is a real big emotional gut punch at the end that I won't spoil. Uh, but it really got me there and really hammered home Matt Damon needs to be in more movies. Lovely. Um is that it for November? That is it for November. Okay, we're moving to December. Uh, it's Star Wars. We will have a review it by now. We've just recorded it. Yeah. Um, so that's out in the world as well. Anything else? I was going to try and get some stuff seen. I wanted to see Ad Astra in this month and I didn't see it. Yeah. I wanted to see it. Marriage Story in this month and I didn't mm-hmm. see it. I wanted to see The Two Popes in this month and I didn't see it. There was a lot of things that yeah. could have happened but didn't. So unfortunately... I've only seen The Rise of Skywalker. There is a chance that something we watch would sneak on. I doubt it with my top ten. The, admittedly, the um, ninth and eighth one on my list could be dethroned by if Jumanji... Pardon me. Whoa. If Jumanji is really good, yeah. maybe, but I doubt it. So that's everything. Uh, we're now going to go on to the list. Now, there are fully written up versions of these on the site if you yep. want to go and read them more in depth. Um, we'll do worst first. Okay. So I've got two dishonourable mentions. I've got... Um, are you doing Dishonorable Mentions and a top or bottom five, or are you just uh, no, doing the worst? Yeah, I didn't watch enough movies to accommodate uh, okay. a full list. I've got four Dishonorable Mentions and one worst. Okay, my two are Dumbo, um, which was sitting at the top of the list for a while, um, just because of everything I said. It's, it's um, pretty unimaginative. It's very joyless and just really does not make the most of that cast at all. Uh, not good kid actors, bad. Yeah, the kid um, actors are terrible. Stanley Newton's bloody daughter. Yeah, you um, just doesn't work on any level, and it's just it's they've got a re- like the cast in that is not they've got Colin Firth, they've got um, sorry, Colin Farrell, um, they've got uh, oh, Dumbo. I did thirty three movies this year. Then fuck yeah, you, you got Michael Keaton as your main bad guy, and you don't make that work. Uh, right, fine. Uh, and Captain Marvel is up there for disappointment of the year. Mm. Uh, I watched that on the plane journey as well. Really doesn't hold up. It's actually a bit boring. It's a bit dull, and a lot of that comes down to I just don't think um, what the chops. Brie Larson. Brie Larson was at the races this time round. I don't, I'm not saying that she's a bad actress. I know she's better than this, and I do feel the sequel will do better with it. Hopefully, she has more fun with it. Um, and it's kind of a Thor situation where you know he's a bit dull and boring for some of his movies, and then all of a sudden it all clicks and it works. But this is just a very, very boring movie, and he's now down one of the lowlights of the of the MCU. This it really is, a, is a low tier one for me. But it's only a disappointment. It's not a bad movie by any stretch of imagination. It's just uh, it's a it's a lesser, lesser, lesser MCU movie. Yeah. So your dishonorable mentions? Uh, they are at number five. Will be yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, a it's just. It just doesn't see through its concept in a fun or interesting way, and I just really hated what they were doing with the Beatles music. Uh, as much as I don't give a shit about the Beatles, hate the Beatles. Yeah, I know you hate the Beatles. Um, it just it doesn't pull through on that, and the Lily James character is just the most spiteful bitch I think we ever had <laughs> in a film. The entire thing is that the guy, obviously, everybody forgets the Beatles exist. 
Um, so he gets famous basically rewriting and reperforming the Beatles songs. And there is some fun scenes of him trying to figure out, um, like, remember all the lyrics, which is fun. And he has to go on a vision quest to right. Liverpool, but he actually goes to Liverpool and goes to all these places that don't exist because the Beatles aren't there. And it's really cool, really funny. There's a scene where he's doing um, Let It Be, and it's, his dad's played by uh, Sanjeev Bhaskar, which is incredible. And he just keeps interrupting to go and answer the door or make a cup of tea. And he's like, this is the first time you're hearing the Beatles. So he's like, oh, go ahead, our dear. Like, it's very funny. And then it, it deflates itself with all the shit characters, especially Lily James's character, mm-hmm. who delivers the ultimatum of, yes, you can go and be a multi-million selling artist, or you can live here with me. And I'm going to be angry at you if you don't. And that's actually what he does. He throws it all away to be with this spiteful bitch who was her, his manager at the start of the film when he was just doing pub gigs. So it's all jealousy. The entire film is fueled by jealousy. It's shit. I hate it. <laughs> Danny Boyle is usually better than this. He is. Uh, number four, Guava Island, purely because it is hollow and too short and not developed enough and clearly just an extended music video. Mm-hmm. That's what people wanted. Great. Yeah. It's not what I wanted. I thought Gambino was actually going to do a movie and considering that his Deadpool series never got off the ground. Yeah. I thought, sweet, let's see what he's capable of. After watching this, fucking glad he didn't bother. <laughs> um, X-Men uh, 3, X-Men Dark Phoenix, sorry, is at number three. Mm. Because it's the worst one of the new ones. By a country but No, no, no. It's not worse than Apocalypse. Is it not? No. Do you not think? Because the worst you can leave you at this is it just plays it safe and it's a bit boring. It's not bad. Okay, it's actively bad. The action scene at the end that they had to reshoot is probably the best bit. The train bit's good. I like this movie. I know I'm biased. (laughs) You are biased. You got to admit it's fucking crap though. Compared to Days of Future Past and Future Past, it was on my top ten for a while. So no, it's not in my disappointments. It's just middle of the road for me this year. I but I just like spending time with X Men in general. So you do. Number two is the favourite because I just think it's an ugly film. I don't know how it got the nominations. It clearly was just off that trifecta of. of female of yep. female actors and it was whilst their performances are good and I understand what's going on the entire presentation the ugly fucking text things that are, that show up to denote the start of a new chapter in the story it's just horribly disjointed and all the angles are fucking fish island bullshit right. it's just uh, I, if you don't like period movies you don't have to make one right and you don't have to deconstruct them as just an exercise just don't do them do something that you feel passionate about. This feels like a hate-made movie. Right. So your worst movie of the year, Darren? Uh, I announced it was Elite Battle Angel. Now, yep. I saw this on a plane, which is never an ideal situation to be watching a plane. Yeah. Watching a film. But I, will, I came off the back of what is now my number 10 movie on my top 10 we're about to get to. I was in a very good mood. It was a great movie. And I, I've been, I wanted to watch Elite in the cinemas and just I didn't get time. In terms of like false promises of this is always oh, a cyborg rebellion movie. It's not though, is it? It's a roller derby movie disguised <laughs> as a cyborg dystopian movie. Because most of this movie is about this weird roller skating sport yeah. that takes over everything. And then it just decides at the end, oh yeah, we were meant to be climbing up the big chain to the floating special city. It's so bad. Like, there's... It, like I said, it prides itself on this mystery plot of like where's she from and 
is she really who she is and all this stuff and but it just every time that starts getting going we just boom something else comes in there's this big guy now or is the dad evil or is it just let's just go to the rollerball place again and she's going to win a feed of freedom with murdering other cyborg it's shite it's so <laughs> shite um it's like and, and the anime always get very distracting i must admit i quite like that. i i yeah, I, th- I, th- I love the fights in that film though. I thought they were very well executed. They actually looked like a live action anime, which I appreciated. And maybe it just wasn't meant for me. I don't think it was. But I, this was definitely the worst movie I saw. I was so angry that I wasted time on this on my precious flight, where I had other things I wanted to watch. I wanted to watch yesterday. There was other things that I had to save for the flight back that I had to get into, including Rocket Man. And I prioritised this shite, and it's just <laughs> worst movie of the year by a country mile. Worse than Dumbo. Don't worry, Darren, because it's all about to get better because you get to hear my worst movie of the year. Was it Balance and Symmetry? Balance Not Symmetry is not only the worst movie of the year, not only the worst film of the decade, it's the worst film I've ever fucking seen. God, you really hated Phantom Thread last year as well. I know, I detested Phantom Thread, but I would watch that again. (laughs) Actually, no, Phantom Thread was longer. This at uh, least was, you know. Short. But you know what, Dan? I've got something that is more dangerous than pure vitriol. Mm. I've got notes. Oh, so God. let's go. Right. Right off the bat, who the fuck is this main character's dad? Why Wait, is it stop. interesting? What's this movie about? Like, I, I know the title, but I don't actually know what it's so, about. So the movie stars, um, fucking forgotten her name, Laura Harrier and Bria Viante as two mm. American students studying at the Glasgow School of Art who, who whilst... The Laura Harrier character is coming to terms with her father's death. They're struggling with their final projects. Right. That's the plot. It's as bare bones as it can fucking be. Okay. To start that movie, why does the dad matter? It opens with um, literally far too many drone shots of this uh, funeral scene. Mm. And everyone is sad. And there's loads of people. Who are these people? Who is the father? None of this is explained. Let's go even deeper. (coughs) Excuse me. They're studying at the Glasgow School of Art. And they can't fucking draw. I don't know if you know how hard it is to get into the Glasgow fucking School of Art. It's one of the most revered art universities in the entirety of fucking Europe. And one of the scenes shows blatantly they can't fucking draw. Right. They go to great lengths to have this as a bonding thing between these two female leads that they have bonded as they are both American and can't fucking draw. In an arts movie! (sighs) Right, okay. How long have they been friends? It's not entirely sure, like, certain as to how long this has been going on. Clearly they're both from America, and they both have American accents and stand out like a sore fucking thumb in the middle of Glasgow. But her mum's Scottish. Like, Laura Harrier's mum is Scottish in this movie. Mm-hmm. Briviante, you don't get to see any fucking thing going on with her. And I just want to point out, Briviante's my new, f- my new favourite... My new least favourite actress of all time. Wow. She has jumped Saoirse Ronan, who redeemed herself in um, Mary Queen of Scots. She has jumped Shailene Woodley, who has not redeemed herself. She's still shit. She has gone right to the fucking top of that shit list. She is the single most annoying character in this entire fucking film. But we're not going to do her first. We're going to do the mom. I know that sounds weird. (laughs) The mom is a manipulative bitch. Following the death of... You were chucking the B word around a lot today. I fucking hate that. Following the death of the father, the mom decides to nearly drink herself to death 
and then uses the opportunity when her daughter has to come home and rescue her to berate her daughter for not being at home more. The mom is a manipulative bitch. They do this whole thing. It's a little bit like in the room with the cancer plot line. Right. I definitely have breast cancer. And it comes out of fucking nowhere and never gets mentioned again. Exactly the same here. The friend, played by Bria Viante, is a manipulative bitch. So their whole deal mm. is that she... It's implied that she secretly fancies her, but it never actually gets said out loud. She just is constantly calling her and messaging her, when you're going to be home, what you're doing. Whilst the Laura Harrier character is like at her at the studio at the uni doing her weird applied arts nonsense, and the friend is annoyed that she's not coming home or going out with her. And like, this is a horrible, abusive relationship. And that further gets exploited by the main character being a manipulative bitch. Following the death of her dad, she thinks she can get away with fucking anything. Having a go at your mom, having a go at your mate, trashing your studio, trashing your house, entering into a relationship with an absolute token boy character, and then fucking him off so you can have a payoff for the friend storyline at the end of the movie. What is the art teacher doing in this film? The art teacher who's their fucking lecturer, is going to their flat party. That's not on. That's faculty fucking thingy. And it's implied that she might fancy the both of them. For re- for reasons. Uh, the art is fucking terrible. I know that it's the Glasgow School of Art and different modes and whatever. Yeah. Mm. Um, the bit from the trailer is literally her chucking paint up a wall and apparently that's the breakthrough moment where she actually decides what she wants to do. And the other one is like a video project, which you see the Bria Viante character doing throughout the thing, where she's like putting her phone right up against her mouth and, or her eye and recording like a vaguely feminist statement that actually equates to no fucking impact whatsoever. Um, oh, and this film has a terrible idea of how relationships work, chiefly among which every single lesbian sex scene they decide to cram into this movie to make it arty. The friend character goes off with random lesbian number two in response to um, the main character going off with random boy number one. Uh, and it's these people just appear in the class, by the way. This isn't bought up. Right. You don't know their names. You don't know their motivations. They appear for a scene, do the fuck, and then immediately disappear. Right. But it's insulting to me that that's how they view lesbian relationships as they use it as a device for revenge... And also treat it as just, this is just kinky weird shit. And this all lesbians are. They're just kinky weird people. Fucks me off so much. Um, Who the fuck is the random guy and why doesn't he come back? I don't know. The the entire date thing is they go to a museum and it's one long tracking shot of them going around tearing down another piece of art. Like, not physically, like they're just... Taking oh, the right. piss out Verbally, of right, okay. Verbally, you know, railing on every piece of art in there. And that would be fine were you not creating shit. I haven't seen the guy do anything and Laura Harrier's project is literally just paint chucked up a fucking sheet. Mm-hmm. It's not good art. Um, I've already talked about the gratuitous lesbian scenes and it's how it's insulting. Uh, the entirety of the ending is an absolute insult to the audience. Uh, the two friends reconvene and reconnect. They put on their show. Uh, and then, apparently, the world's most famous artist walks in and goes, This is brilliant. How would you like to work for me? Which I want to reiterate, doesn't happen. I worked in the arts at uni, and you can't get any fucking industry people to come to your student shit. They don't give a fuck. That's not how that works. 
But moreover, when she says, would you like to come and work for me? Laura Harrier turns around and says, on the condition that she comes with me. And she goes, that's cool. That doesn't fucking happen. This movie tries to act like it's talking about grief and relationships in the real world when it's convinced itself it's in this stupid fucking reality where everyone is a manipulative bitch to each other and everyone gets to have a happy ending because they've been sad. That's not how this works. Here's some points not only about the shitty film, Darren, but also the shitty showing of it. Okay. The Q&A was supposed to happen after this Mm -hmm. with Laura Harry and Bria Viante answering questions about the movie. It was cancelled, presumably because the only question we should be asking of this is, was this all an elaborate late April Fool's joke? So that didn't happen at any fucking showings. Um, Not only that, but the acoustic set was shortened uh, and I nearly walked out. So that was fun. Like, I couldn't... This film makes time run slower than it actually does. I think this is like an hour and a half, maybe, at best. Oh, my fuck. The, the, the ending bit where it's, everything's cool and we're going to a party and we've got jobs, a far student. But I was like, I'm going. I'm going to go. I turned around to my fiancé and said, we can leave if you want. She said, you dragged me here. We're sitting through it. I'm like, why do you hurt me so? Who is this for? Who is this film for? It's not for fans, presumably, of Jamie Adams, the director, as he apparently has made some critically acclaimed movies. Yeah. This ain't one of them. This is not for the Biffy Clyro fans, because the... And sen- there it is, ladies and gentlemen. This is why it hurts him so. Yeah. Because I remembered halfway through you ranting why you were looking forward to this. I've heard of this movie somewhere. Yep. But I don't remember reading it better or anything. It's because it's a Biffy Clyro movie. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, this is beautiful. Yes. Oh, this is good for the fucking soul. So, yes. they use the soundtrack in such a shit fucking way. Mm-hmm. They can't decide whether it's diegetic or non-diegetic. They sim- they seemingly shuffle back and forth between deciding whether Clip of Color is an actual band in the universe or not. Mm-hmm. They don't fucking appear. Their music is handled really badly. All the worst songs get fully played. All the best songs get snippets. Fuck this film. This is single, and that's why it hurts, because I was dragged to that, and I had to go to the fucking Mockingbird in Digbeth, which is a shit fucking cinema, may I tell you. Um, I hated, the the screen is dreadful there. Uh. The experience, and and just a load of fucking hipsters who think it's high art, I fucking hated that day. This is an insult to everyone who thought that this film was going to be an extension of Biffy Claro's music. It's an insult to everybody who wants to watch films for artistic merit. It's an insult to anybody who writes and directs movies because apparently this is the kind of shit you can get endorsed by multi-millionaire fucking rock stars. Fuck this movie. Oh, that was Worst good. film I have ever fucking seen. <laughs> because it's... No contest. I the mean, worst film. I've been trying to tell you that Biffy Clyro are fucking shite for years, Michael. But However, you Darren, wouldn't listen to me. The lead single is the bet my favourite song of the year, so you know. Oh fucking. Right. So there's a silver lining. It's <laughs> a very small one. I thought this has tainted you, but no. Oh, I hate this film. Uh, really? <sighs> the most fucking inept <laughs> filmmaking. I. It was physically fucking pain. <laughs> I'm loving this too much. I know. I'm it's making me ill. Oh god. 
Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, thanks, Michael. Oh, thanks, Biffy Clyro. Thanks for doing that to him. This is what you get for being a Biffy Clyro fan, okay? <laughs> this shit doesn't happen to me. Look how well I'm doing. Last night, not only was it Star Wars uh, Rise of Skywalker, my chemical romance are back. Oh, yeah. They're back. They played their gig last night. Everything's going great in my world, and Biffy Clyro have dragged you to the worst movie you've ever seen. Yep. If Bon Jovi had dragged me to a shit movie, I'd be fucking pissed too, but they didn't. They just yeah. make shit new albums. I mean, yeah, they do make shit new albums. The music isn't a bad thing, though. The music that they've made for the, the soundtrack is really good. Uh-huh. It just feels like the, the, the people... Well, this is what I don't get, because Simon Neal was helping out on the script, and he's clearly not a fucking dialogue writer. What were you doing, Simon? I know. Have you heard Biffy Clyro lyrics? Clearly, he's not making dialogue <laughs> Jesus oh. Christ. I swallowed half an aeroglass. Oh, good for you. Um, <laughs> cool. Okay, that's the words dealt with. Oh. I feel that's been purged. That's been brewing, Darren. Oh, I can tell. Oh, I'm proud of you, Mogo. Okay, right. We're going to talk about the best movies now. Thank Christ. I'll kick off to give your voice a little bit of a break and talk about. Do you have any honourable mentions for good? Uh, no, I had a lot of also runs, but we've kind of already mentioned them. Um, nothing. I mean, like Dark Phoenix was originally on here. We got booted off. Um, Knives Out was on here for about two days before I realised I'd seen Green Book and then he got ousted. Fair enough. Um, but I have stuck with my plan of having my number 10 be like held apart for a indie hit that I don't think many people would have seen. This one in particular I know didn't because I saw the director pleading with people to go and watch it on Twitter and then a lot of other famous people saying, yes, you should, it's amazing. Uh, this was Booksmart. Ooh. This is Olivia Wilde's directorial debut. Ah. Um I watched it on the plane and immediately before Elite Battle Angels I was in a very good mood um, because it was the best comedy I saw all year. Nice. It was amazing. So uh, if you don't know, it's the shorthand version is it's super bad but for girls. Um, but that's kind of like cheapening it really. Um, so they're two bookish friends. Uh, I will get the actresses' names up real quick. <laughs> Sorry, Darren. I just want to... Um, my gesticulating set off my watch and it thought I was doing a workout. <laughs> So, for the entirety of that review of that shit film, literally the entirety of it, all 11 minutes of me ranting, it thought I was doing a workout. Oh, wow. <laughs> it must have noticed I've got, like, a fucking heightened heart rate. Something's wrong here. <laughs> well, oh, good. No. Good. Oh, no. Um, good. I film so much. I can tell. Right, so, Booksmart. You've got um, Beanie Feldstein, who plays... Um, what is her name? That's a great name. In, I know. Um, she plays Molly Davidson. She's kind of the main character, but it's mainly the main two. Uh, you would have seen it. She's in um, uh, Bad Neighbours 2 and stuff like that. Uh, you may have, She was in Lady Bird as well. Uh, and then you have Caitlin Diva, who plays um, Amy Ansler. Uh, she was in um, uh, Unbelievable on Netflix. The, Unbelievable. That's all fun, but it's actually about people not believing someone who's got raped. So there's that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently that's very good. I haven't got around to watch it yet, but... Uh, you sure believe that... Brought that back shaming Anyway. So they play the best friends in this situation. They are the... Um, uh, the Seth and... Um, Ujima Flip from yes. Superbad. Yes. Um, they are bookworms. Um, they've been working... Basically, it's their last week of high school. They've been working very well. They've got good grades. They're getting into good colleges. Ooh. And they kind of... You know, everyone's saying... You know, they're not really popular. And everyone else is having their um, their graduation parties. They're not invited to any of them. Um, they, they've got some friends. I don't know. They're not completely outcast. But uh, they basically then find out that all the slackers in the year have also got into good colleges. Right. And um, 
Mary hit the roof. She's like, why the fuck? Molly, sorry. Was like, why the fuck did I study for a fucking year and sacrifice my social life? And all these fuckers have still got into the exact same colleges that I fucking got into. What the fuck is that? We're going out tonight and we're making a big deal of it. Um, It's got a very good supporting cast. Um, It's mainly those two for the most part. But you've got uh, Jason Sudeikis turns up as their um, one of their teachers. Um, who's also an Uber driver they bounce into later in the night. Uh, Bill Lord is in this, oh. Billy Lord even. As in um, Carrie Fisher's daughter. Yes. Amazing. Up, I didn't even realise it was her. She's so different because she turns up as a drug, uh, not a drug dealer, yeah. but like the token spacey drug person in all these movies. Right, I see. Um, it just is a really good job. There's nothing complicated about it. It really is just super bad for, for but, with, um, but with girls in the... Um, Starring roles as opposed to boys. Um, But it just works really well. There's nothing about this movie that doesn't click. It's very, very funny. Um, It moves around a nice pace. It tells a nice parable. It tells nice stories. Um, You you really get a sense of these two being very, very good friends. Um, But it's got... It's it's better shot than Super Buddies. It's not a low... There are some low-brow jokes in this. Yeah. But it's actually shot very nice as well. There's an underwater scene in particular that's very, very nicely shot. Um, and I just feel it was literally getting like annihilated by a lot of other big movies it released in it released in May so it was going up against the likes of uh, where was it it went up against Detective Pikachu Godzilla John Wick 3 and it was getting absolutely annihilated but everyone was speaking so highly of it which is why it was the first thing I watched when I got on the plane it's really good I want you to go out there just for the panda sex toy joke alone mm. it's worth going out and watching kind of like a, the love Simon of the year yeah exactly like Searching was last year of like no no one's seen this movie but it's funny but also has very nice messages in it nice. as well I did I did see that being advertised and then I never went for it I don't, I'm not sure why you two will love it I promise you uh, Rachel and me started watching after I was watching it because I was pissing myself too much so you will love this film trust me nice uh, let's go. Oh, I've got some honourable mentions. For, oh, go on. Sorry, good movies. Um, I only do four. Okay. Um, Vice is on the honourable mentions list, yep. as is Elite Battle Angel, Rocket <sighs> Man, and Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. What? That's not on my top ten. Marvel. I've seen top tens. Top tens. I've seen ten movies better than that this year. Christ alive! All right, go for it. Sorry. Uh, number ten, which I've intention, much like you do, indie hit of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, it, that should be something I do, right? Yeah. No, it's uh, inaugurated into the Power Rangers Top 10 Placement Pick of the Year. The movie that I know shouldn't be on here, but I'm putting on here because I had a fucking blast. Go on. Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Okay. Shouldn't be on the top 10 at all because it is just a very straightforward kids movie, but I fucking loved it. It mm-hmm. was so good. I think the production design is what really brought it round for me. The the fact that these realised Pokemon in a semi-realistic, I suppose, manner yeah. made it on there. And the variety, the sheer variety of the mm. monsters on show was what really pulled this through. Where I thought it was going to be a problem was in the performances. And then Justice Smith goes and pulls a fucking baby yeah. face turn and is the best thing. He is. so good. The fact that he can create so much chemistry with a Pikachu that doesn't exist and presumably is Ryan Reynolds shouting at him off screen... Is a fucking feat. Mm. It's so good. I was invested in Tim Goodman's story. Whilst I think... Is it Catherine Newman who plays... That sounds um, about right. Oh, what's her character's name? Don't worry, I'm working on it. Working Thank you. But she doesn't offer the same level of depth as you get with Tim. And that is a bit of a shame because I really liked her. Lucy. Lucy. She's Catherine New- it, Newton. Newton, sorry. I said Newman. Yeah, Catherine Newton, I think, is destined for be- better things, possibly in different genres. But I liked her enough here 
Darren, the fact that this movie has your favourite line of the year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Finish him, Ditto. Perfect. He's, he's line of the year. It is line, line of the country year. country mile. It's fantastic. Um, I think the musically is quite good as well. There's some really good yep. sound design in terms of the Pokemon moves, in terms of the soundtrack, the introduction of famous jingles inside there. The set design is so good. You actually feel like this is part of the Pokemon world. Yeah. When they're going on that train to Rhyme City, it yeah. looks like the trains from Sword and Shield. I think that's what retroactively put it back on the top 10. He's playing Sword and Shield and going, oh fuck, this actually really was quite organic to the Pokemon yeah. universe and I want to see more of it. They're talking about a sequel. Mm. So they they want to do either Detective Pikachu 2 or another Pokemon in-universe movie. I think it should be the Looker movie. Yeah. That's what you should be doing or at least Detective Pikachu with Looker. David Tennant, Looker, book it, done. Yeah, book it. It's an Maybe. incredible thing. You've got Bill Nye for fuck's sake. You've yeah. got David Tennant. Um, he's not. He's not expensive. He'll do a lot. <laughs> he, he's done quite a lot. Yes. Although I suppose off the back of um, Purple Man, I suppose he can pick and choose now. He can. He wanted to be in a Marvel thing, and he picked one of the best fucking characters. Well, one of the best performances. He didn't pick one of the best characters. No, you're not. Uh, yeah, I just love it. And like Power Rangers before it, I think this is one of those films that I don't want to say guilty pleasure because I don't feel guilty about it. I think mm. it's a brilliant film. What Power Rangers did for you know that sort of younger generation of Dayson Montgomery and Naomi Scott are in big fucking films now yeah. big fucking TV shows mm. I want Justice Smith and Catherine Newton to have that same effect from this and Ryan Reynolds is absolutely perfect and goes even further into being one of the best stars we've got out there uh, and I want to cuddle that Pikachu so very much that's, that's where I'm ending that yeah, considering how cynical it could have been yeah I think they did a very good job of skirting that uh, right, Zombieland Double Tap is at number nine. Mm. This one could have been dethroned. I think there's movies I haven't seen this year. If I had have seen them, this wouldn't be here. Um, just because it's not the most original movie of the year. It does very little changed from the first one. And some people want that. They want to go into a sequel with very little saying, but it does so little. Thankfully, it's still funny, so it works there. And the th- one or two new things they add do all work. So it's got that going for it, which is why it's here. Um, it was just nice to spend time with these characters again. It was great. Again, it lacks a special source the first one did. Of course it did. That one is, you know, if you, it just came out at the end of 2009, so it couldn't be my top 10 favorite movie of the decade. It would have been there otherwise. Um, but no, I think, thankfully, adding Madison to the situation, that could have gone either way. I know she's a bit Marmite for some people. I really liked it. I thought she was probably the best thing about the movie just because it was so new and so different than we saw it's like early family guy jokes isn't it that go on too yeah. long and then just become funny yeah, again yeah exactly that it's Sideshow Bob stepping on the rakes yep. it just starts funny dips but then it just keeps going and comes back round again just that it's great. thing of don't worry we've got guns we ain't got guns what, what? <laughs> that still makes no, me laugh she is it's really great so I, I'm going to put it I don't really need to explain it obviously we have got a full review up for that as well um, but no, I'm happy with Zombieland Double Tap being there. But I think even if I'd seen Jumanji, that could have troubled Zombieland and kicked that off the list. But for now, it's here. It's not on my top ten, but I did like Zombieland a lot. I just don't think I... Like you said, I think the fact that it lacks a special source mm-hmm. means it, it can't be here. My number nine, however, this might be lower than you thought it was going to be. Go on. Uh, John Wick Chapter 3. Wow, okay. I thought that was going to be pretty high up. It was, originally. Oh. Like, like I was saying, that this mo- this movie list has jumped a lot this year. And John Wick has been riding high in the top five until I saw, really thought about the films from this year. Um, it is, action-wise, stronger than the first two. Law-wise, it's better 
sort of implicated, is that the word? I don't know. In, um, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's better done yes, uh, than, than number two. Implemented. Implemented. There you go. Uh, and whilst, I mean, the entire, you know, dogs versus the population of Casablanca scene is fucking astounding, I, I just don't think it has the same level of heart as the original and therefore mm-hmm. can't go higher. I think the ending as well was a little bit disappointing. Yeah. Didn't pack that final punch that the first two did. Even number two had a satisfying punch at the ending. This one kind of feels like it knew it was going. there was going to be a number four. Uh, and there is going to be a number four. Yeah. Um, Keanu's gone back into to, uh, training, uh, combat training for it. So we're getting chapter four. Yeah. I kind of wanted this to be the the, the curtail the and we put a period yeah. here now. It's a full stop at the end of this sentence. Not now it's making money. Not now it's making money and mm. it's relatively cheap to make. You just train Keanu up for six months. And apparently number four is slated to arrive on the same weekend as the Matrix Four. Which is an I incredible mean, thing. Keanu Reeves you know, the the first pictures from Bill and Ted have been out this week. Yeah. Oh Bill and Ted. I'm very excited. It's gonna be good. Oh shit. So very yeah. shit. It could be very shit. It's, it's, it's going to be... Way. So it's going to be just good enough that it's like, yeah, that's fine. Or it's going to be shite. Yeah. That's the only way two ways long gestating comedy sequels can go. Yeah, that is true. I'm hoping it's good. And we are in the midst of the renaissance. So, uh, we are. I hope that happens. Yeah, number nine, John Wick 3. I'll be pretty quick about number eight because we did just talk about it. It's where Green Book now sits. That's how I remembered it was this year. Good news. That's also my number eight. Oh, fantastic. Okay, good. Um, yeah, it, it's pulled through by the, the, the two lead characters of Mahershala Ali and, and Viggo Mortensen. Um, there's... There's very little nuance. There's a lot of nuance going on, but you basically you can read this at every whatever surface you want to be on. If you just want it to be a very straightforward road trip movie, it can be that. If you really want to delve into the race politics of things, you can do that also. It's all there for whatever you want it to be. Um, it feels like if this was made in the '90s, it would have been an Eddie Murphy, Steve, um, Steve Martin like comedy. Mm. I'm glad it's now been given some Oscar sheen and now they've taken it seriously. I mean, it's still funny, which I appreciate. Viggo Mortensen in particular, yeah. who knew that um, fucking Aragorn had comedy jobs? Yeah. Rachel did not realise it was Aragorn until I tell the right at the end and it was like... Uh, what something, the fuck happened after Return yeah, of the King? Something died inside of me. She's like, oh God, it is. <laughs> uh, all the letter writing scenes are brilliant as well. And the scene yes. where he's like, where you get that tinge of like, I understand that you're showing off him to be like a bit of a racist prick even yeah. though he doesn't know it. But I love the scene where um what's his name? Doctor Oh shit, I should know this. Mahersh Larry's character yes. just discovers fried chicken. Oh yeah. That's a beautiful thing of just like this is insulting. This is delicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. The um it's the scene where um he's not allowed to dine with the other people and that kind of really bubbles to a head. Yeah. And that's like a, yes, come on, this friendship can pull through. It's a really heartwarming film. I think it's really, really Yeah, it, that's what I like. And I, I, that last 10 minutes especially, I know it's just pulling on Christmas heartstrings which is not, you know, easy, not hard to do even. But yeah, it just, it gave it a nice sentimentality though. I think it really, you don't really see that in Oscar movies. They tend to be pretty like, no, we're not soppy. Oh, how dare they? But this shows that you don't have to, you know, you don't have to really put hard edges on your movie for it to be taken seriously. You can yeah. have a bit of schmaltz there. Everyone loves a bit of fucking schmaltz at the end of the day. Yeah. Especially Christmas schmaltz. And this was this was well-earned schmaltz, though. That's yeah. the thing. The, that emotional sort of lift at the end where the acceptance truly comes out of all these characters and it's everyone's friends and everyone's happy. And then you get the 
you know, the fact finding at the end when you found out they've been friends basically up until the day yeah. they died. That was really beautiful. I think we need some more positive movies about race if we're going to break down those barriers. Yes. I think we can't just keep cranking out stuff like 12 Years a Slave. And in many ways, Black Klansman, even though I love that film, mm. and expect it to get better, I think we have to have films that promote unity as much as yeah. sort of historical understanding. Cool. Right. On to a much less nuanced film. At number seven, it's Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Nice. Um, yeah, again, we just talked about it real quick, so I won't really go into it. But yeah, so much better than the first one. The It strikes the right balance. Just I know from a budgetary point of view, they can't have them all fighting all the goddamn time. I think this hit the nice balance of you're always just going to the next one. It was never stopping you from having, like, you know... You always knew that although you are with the humans right now, they are just driving to the next kaiju royal rumble event and you're going to keep getting that and getting different fights because they've got the four of them all going against each other you'll have rodan and Ghidorah having their little fight and then they become a team and you every time they've got zero and getting Ghidorah on the side it's it's a hell of a thing mothra gets chucked in near the end for the big final fight i'm very very glad this how it worked out and i think now godzilla versus king kong can be even more so as making those vfx becomes cheaper as all things do over time you can make the same level for cheaper I think that just means they're going to be able to up even more the amount of fights we're getting King Kong versus Godzilla, which is going to be a hell of a thing, hopefully. And it already sets up the end of how they're going to do it. It's these monsters that basically were shipped off to Skull Island as like a quarantine type of thing. That's going to obviously piss off the the, the homeowner, and he's going to try and kick him out of his garden. So that's going to be fun. <laughs> oh, man. I enjoy that by the end of that film that they set up, it's the King of the Monsters versus King Kong. And it's yeah. like, one of these fuckers has got to win. I'm betting on the guy with the fucking atomic breath, but you know. Oh, they'll find a way. They'll find the, a third thing for them to fight. Hopefully Mechagodzilla. But... Yeah, that. what was that sting at the end of that film? Was it Mechagodzilla? I, oh, oh, the uh, finding the seven head of, yeah, of Ghidorah. King Ghidorah. Maybe. Maybe. That could be how they do it. They just regrow. They do Mecha King Ghidorah. And that's who they're fighting at the end. Mm. Which maybe. I mean, Mechagodzilla's a hell of a jump, but at this point, I think people are on board. I, I, I don't feel the momentum is there for this make a very long-running series. Yeah. So why not do it whilst we can, yeah. before everyone gets bored? I don't think you can do the, he came from space thing. I think it's got to be, the humans built a mech. Yes. And that would be cool. Yes. I'd really like that. Unfortunately, Godzilla's not on my list. That's um, fine. But at my number seven, we have got Dragon Ball Super, Broly. Uh-huh. You knew it was going to be here. It's a cracking action movie. I think it's very satisfying for the fans. They show off just some absolutely gorgeous visuals. There is a moment in the movie where the fighting gets so intense, they actually break a reality barrier and somehow it doesn't feel out of place. Mm-hmm. Like Visually, it's probably one of the most different things we've ever had in this franchise that you can have this giant sweeping 3D moment of them literally fighting in the time tunnel. But it's fucking cool. And making Broly a sympathetic character as making... Instead of him just being lit, literally a raged, a chained-up rage monster that just gets let loose and breaks people's necks, it's now a kid who's been abused by his power-grabbing father that comes to Earth to claim a bounty that he was getting from King Freezer. And it's just... It wraps it up really nicely. And by the end, it means we can get more of these sympathetic, fun characters in future movies. They, they don't do the thing that they always do in Dragon Ball movies, which is, here's a new bad guy, kill it immediately. Right. They at least think about the fact that the Dragon Ball Super is coming back for another season next year. 
It's like, right, okay, well, we can have new, new players in this. We can set up a new part of it. They've already been through literally a tournament that killed off other universes, so why not have somebody who is just incredibly rage-strong? It mm-hmm. makes sense. Have that guy on your side. I want to see him become a good guy. Uh, yeah, deeply satisfying. Deeply, deeply satisfying movie. One of the best showings I've been to this year as well. The fan response to this has been brilliant. I'm not sure whether I told you this. So, Showcase Dudley were having one night with two showings. Yeah. And that was it. Uh, they had to extend to four nights with three showings each because they kept selling out. Fair play. So the Dragon Ball fans are out there and they're, they're coming out in force and supporting anime in the West. So, yeah, it's a great time to be an anime fan. Good. In a shocking move, I've put John Wick higher than you. You have? I've got John Wick Chapter 3 at number 6. Uh, yeah, well, everything you said, the renaissance is on. Action scenes better here. I appreciate it more because of the groundwork that John Wick 2 laid that I didn't like at the time, but now I see I'm, I'm grateful for it now because we get basically the Deathly Hallows Part 2 of John Wick movies. Um, I think this is more symptomatic of it not being a very strong top 10. I think in other years this wouldn't... It wouldn't be as high as it was, certainly. It might not even make it into the top ten. But it's undeni- undeniable. Undeniable that I had a great time watching this movie. Um, plot, the, the only thing you write, the only thing that lets you down is kind of the ending being a bit weak and be, feeling like we're just dragging this out a bit further. But on the flip side, I'm excited to learn more of the lore side of this thing because that was also really interesting. It's not just all about kicking and gun. It's also finding out how this assassin world kind of works. Nice. So I'll keep it short. Yeah, but that's my number six, John Wick. Uh, my number six is Toy Story 4. And again, I'm going to keep it pretty short. Well, that's my number five, so we can do a double team. Sweet. Uh, yeah, that's, it's just a great film. I didn't think we needed a full Toy Story movie. Turns no. out we do. It works really, really well. It does. It's not the best one I think it's certainly not the worst one no uh, but I, I I had an emotional response to the ending and I think yeah to have to have the brass balls to make that decision at the final stage was was impressive and I'm glad that Pixar didn't play it safe with that no. message at the end I think it's not a, a quality ending to the series as number three was it's yeah. still a very good film obviously it's a number five it's in the top five for me this year just because it is funny, the Key and Peele characters in particular bring a lot of humour to that. And then planning it here, they're going to do their attack. The Key! It was fantastic. Um, That's the hardest I've laughed in, in the series. Probably, probably. It was, uh, other than um, finishing Ditto, um, <laughs> the um, the animation, it's a fantastic looking movie. The uh, Sporky, I was a bit like, Forky, sorry, I'm a bit like, that character kind of annoyed me a they, little they bit. They got round to it a little bit though. Yeah, I think it, they do make you warm to that aspect of the story. It does. It took a while to get there, but I mean, that's the thing. There's no need for that in Toy Story Three. Yeah, they, they, there's no slowdown. There's no oh, they have to do this bit again. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it again just to see if it. If I'm just that happy that it wasn't a bad ending, yeah, it's this high or whether it's warranted. But uh, do you want a five? No, no, I, think I didn't I... want a four. My God, like, oh, I don't no. want a five. But if they're so confident now that they've done this and they come in and say, "Look, we were confident. We knew what we were doing number four we stuck to it. If they then come out and say, we know what we're doing number five, it's diminishing returns. Eventually, there will have to be a bad one. Yeah. They can't, they just can't make, you know, 10, 15, 20 plus movies and not have bad ones. But I, I, I'd be, I don't want it because I don't know what now you need to end. You either have to get them back together, which now ruins the ending of this movie for Woody and Buzz, or you have to find a way of making Buzz leave and Woody's not there. Mm. That's not happening. Now. I'll tell you what I want. I want a reboot. 
and not necessarily with these characters. Oh, what's your Mayfair Maggle? Not with these characters. I want a new set of toys, and I want you to go back to like the eighties or something like that. Right. So a spin-off. Yeah, that I could deal with. Yeah, that could work. There's more. There's more um, action figure even, adventures. There you go. You could even go back to like caveman times <laughs> and do like the actual origins of toys being alive and how that happened. Mm. And and it was like magic, or you, you do you do Toy Story origins. Um, but there we go, <laughs> Toy Story Primal. Yeah, um, cool. Well, that was number my five. So we need straight into your number five. My number five was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Ah. Again, I don't think it's the strongest um, Tarantino movie there, but when a Tarantino movie's out, it's a strong fucking film. And this one was pulled up by Brad Pitt as Cliff Booth, who was absolutely incredible. I think the writing in this one is a lot smarter than the writing in um, Hateful Eight. So I'm glad that we're back on form because Hateful Eight was just, it's the one you could easily skip over. Right. It was just on a Western kick and it felt weird. Right. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think they, they really tightly walk that line of we're going to tell this original story and also we're going to do that alternate history thing that we introduced in Glorious Bastards and also be the remember when Hollywood was good movie before we had all the sex scandals. Uh, whilst at the same time having things that suck about Hollywood yeah. it's it does have this kind of neon glow sort of old school Hollywood vibe to it and everyone's driving around in cool cars and doing cool things but the Manson family are also over there and it's still critical and I like that it, it didn't feel like anybody was perfect right. um, and there's a scene where Leo, Leo DiCaprio like is talking to a child actor and kind of breaks down in tears because he realises his career is on the shitter Um and that was just really beautifully acted. I think it was really, really good. I think it does suffer with some narration problems, but that is the least of this film's problems. It is... Well, least of its problems. The least of this film's qualities. It just... Mm-hmm. It is an issue. It has been done better in other films, especially other Tarantino movies, but it's fucking good. What can I say? I'm proud of you for being strong, Michael. At number four is Detective Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> I've, du- I've dubbed it The Great Electric Mouse Detective. Um... <laughs> And I, I even had to write here, far from a Power Rangers pick, <laughs> it's not nostalgia why it's decided. Genuinely, I think it was a very warm and loving story. And like I said when you were talking about it, it could have been a cynical marketing exercise. They didn't have to try this hard to make it feel authentic as it is and to kind of just have such a nice message running throughout it. Of, you know... Um, you teach uh, me and I'll teach you. Pokemon, exactly. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> It's it's a twenty first century morality tale. It is it, uh, like you know, you need to be true to who you are. Don't you know? Because it's all about Justice Smith's character just being so introverted and so like um, shut off from the, this wonderful world that he lives in, and kind of you having Pikachu be his kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for? He's in back into this world and kind of seeing how how great it is. How everybody work together. It's all good. It's all good kid stuff. It is a cracking kids movie. Exactly, but it's all just wrapped up in Pokemon, and that does make me love it that much more. Yep. But there's cool battles, and I get to see all my favourite Pokemon. The only one who doesn't look grey is Gyarados. Yeah, he's a bit sheeny yeah. for me. Yeah, he was, in plastic. He, he was a bit, but everyone else looks fantastic, and it's such a good launching pad for all the other Pokemon movies that are coming. There's no stopping them now. No. We'll get we'll definitely get a sequel for this. I don't know how, <laughs> considering the plot, but uh, yeah. <laughs> and of course, finish him ditto. <laughs> drag it across the line anyway that was a top five performance already um yeah it's <laughs> finish him ditto it could have there were so many pitfalls when you look back over its history of how it could have fallen down very easily 
and it avoids all of them. It just works. Yeah, the fact that it does the is whole way through. Fucking incredible. It is. That's my number four. Uh, my number four is Le Mans 66. I'm very annoyed I didn't get to watch you this. You need to see I'm this gonna. film. I'm um, gonna. So, th- th- this is like... It's kind of really hard to explain how this works so well outside of just everyone is good at all times. Mm-hmm. Everyone is just full fucking force being their characters, especially Christian Bale, who is pulling off a fantastic Midlands accent most of the time. Uh, but, but he hasn't got an accent of his own, has he? No, so yeah. picking up other ones in too hard. But you know, his hard working and sort of no nonsense attitude is a great foil to um, sort of Matt Damon coming from being a professional racer is like, yeah, that's one way of doing things. Here's my way of doing things, the American way of doing things versus the Brummie who set up a garage down the road, mm-hmm. but I respect him and I'm having him on my team and their friendship blossoming. And oh my God, the ending. The ending is, I thought it was going to get me. I think that's the closest I've been to tears this year is very fucking strong. Um, I think the supporting cast do a really good job. So the punishers in this, Oh, good. Okay. Uh, not as the Punisher. That would oh. be a bit of a weird turn. Um, the guy who plays Henry Ford is very, very funny. Mm-hmm. Like, intentionally and unintentionally, he's, uh, he's quite blustering, which nice. I appreciate. Um, and the driving sequences are shot so well. Mm. You do get a feel for this being a battle on multiple fronts. You know, Ford not- versus Ferrari, yeah, as the Americans had to call this movie because they don't know what Le Mans 66 is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, apparently. Uh, but, you know, you've got that battle of Ford versus Ferrari, but also the infighting in Ford and the rivalry between the drivers and mm-hmm. the, the strain this is happening on their careers and their family lives. And, oh, my fuck, it's just so good. Darren, go and see it. Please I'm go going to. It. I'm going to. It's on the list. It's one of the few films from this year that I'm annoyed. The other one was Hellboy, which I am annoyed. Oh yeah, I did see. see that. Sorry. Uh, hey, was Hellboy? Crap. Ah, I thought so. Oh God, I, I, I do. I just want to watch it just to know. I thought it'd be on Sky Movies by now, but it ain't. So you ain't, not, you ain't missing out on much. Cool. Uh, number three. Now this can be changed before the written one comes out because I've had to put Star Wars in here somewhere. Uh, the minute seen at number three is Spider-Man: Far From Home. Yep. It's a great movie. Um, it's I'm not going to compare it to the first one because then that would just be mean of me going, oh, it's slightly worse. It probably is because that one, I think, won that year. Um, Spider-Man Homecoming was my number one film. Um, but don't take that as anything as like a slight against this one. It's fantastic. The globe-trotting aspects of it are really, really fun. Um, seeing his relationship with Mysterio and how it changes throughout the movie is really good because Peter's in a very vulnerable pl- place at this moment and I, I think it's nice they don't shy away from how vulnerable he is and how he latches onto the first thing that kind of looks like Tony Stark in his life because he's looking for someone to replace like his fucking guiding light for want of a better word. Um, and the action scenes are all fantastic. Mysterio's fully realised as a villain as best he ever could have been. It's one of the best comic book to page translations that has ever been for a, for a movie and I like how, he, how smart the plot is to know that most people would have presumed you know, in kayfabe, in the universe, that he's come from a different universe and a parallel universe and how he plays off that. It's so smartly written for him. I'm so glad we're not losing this version of Spider-Man. That's probably the best thing that's happened all fucking year. Yeah. It was also, for a time, the worst thing that happened, but then it course-corrected and we're okay. It did, thank God um, for that. So, long may it continue. Uh, I don't think we're going to be getting many more out of it, which we at least be able to finish his trilogy and then get... Um, 
and another one out of it. So Fair all enough. good for me. My number three is Joker, and I know that's going to upset you, but <sighs> I th- th- this movie started a conversation that I think we desperately needed to have. Uh, whether or not that was the actual intention of the creative team is another issue. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix gave the, mm, duh, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, Matt Damon in Ford v Ferrari, and um, Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yep. the best three performances of this year. Okay. It would be hard for me to separate them. Oh, Wacking Bees is going to win it for a hundred. Oh, the, in terms of the gong, he's going to he's yeah. going to pick that Oscar up. Yeah. But I mean, for me personally, those are the three right. of this year, and I think this one just edges out. Mm. I think he just it's so transformative, and it, it is so detailed and enveloped, and has so many different readings, and so many people get different messages from it. So many people get different views of quality from the film. We started a debate about the funding of men- mental health institutions and that was really important we had discussions about we still voted the conservatives even lad so I don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe didn't reach all those highs in this country no. that we could have done because we're all fucked for the next five years mm-hmm. but oh well um, and then some yep uh, but it's just it was a film that that really really started debate and discussion and mm-hmm. I think even outside of the fact that it's telling really depressing tale that is actually kind of beautifully realised as a tale of setting yourself free from who you th- you've been told to be and who what people how they have this 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 nature to just push you down further and further because someone has to be better than somebody else mm-hmm. and i know that people wanted to read into it and they wanted to make it the incel movie they wanted it to be glocko the mass shooting clown and it wasn't and i'm so glad it wasn't did you see the david harbour sesame street parody of this no I'll show it you later please do it's called Grape Joe <laughs> no. it's fantastic okay now this may change my two and three are not set in time I've got to meditate on it a little bit but at present second this is why I showed it at you I've got Star Wars at number two Rise yep. of Skywalker because we've just done a review it's fresh in my head that may be playing a factor here so we may change that we've literally just done the review but I think it's such a juggernaut of a thing that even though it has got flaws and maybe repeated viewings are not going to help it, as I suspected in the review, I admit, just for the recognising how brave it is, how bloody, you know, how massive it feels of a movie, it feels like a big deal. Not compared to number one, but it still feels like a big deal. Um, so I'm, I'm happy for it to sit here. I won't go in, because again, you probably just listened to a review, hopefully just before this, so I won't go into too much detail about it, but yeah, I think it just, it kind of, it's a nice close on um, the trilogy that it heads up, it's a nice close on the nine Star Wars movies for now, I I appreciate a lot of what it does, um, it leaves things in an interesting place should they want to go on in the future, I think, there's, there's um, certainly things they've left untouched that they can go into, but I'm very happy with it, and for now, it's going to sit at number two. Fair enough. What was there beforehand? Uh, well, that was... When I was putting up, I, when I I thought Star Wars was going to be in the top ten, so I actually left two blank, just in case, and then would move it up and down. Um, but no, that would have been Spider-Man, would have sat at number two. So. Well, Star Wars, not as good. Fair enough. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, my number two is Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, I've thought about it, I've done some soul-searching... And I think it's my favourite one. Mm-hmm. I think mainly that has a lot to do with Mysterio. I think because okay. that is one of my favourite Spider-Man villains. And the you fact- can't let the villain like you know taint what is your favourite Spider-Man movie, okay, Michael? You can't let that happen. But Spider-Man said that Spider-Man Two is still the best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Spider-Man Two, the original, doesn't have Tom Holland, and Tom Holland no. is the heart and soul of the MCU right now. Now 
that we've had what happened in Endgame. Yeah. And I, th- I think that it's just so good and it's just so pure. I, I, when I was writing up my top 10 article, which I have completed, I was saying that, that one and two this year are movies that stopped stopped me being critical, that stopped me evaluating the movies and just let me enjoy it. And that's exactly what Spider-Man was. It was full-on enjoyment of mm-hmm. this story, this Spider-Man, this Mysterio. One of the fucking best. Like You had to top the vulture and you're doing it with a character that I deeply fucking cared about. And you did it well. You did it really fucking well. And we got the trippy visuals, which was amazing. And we got that that curtailing of the effect of Tony Stark in the universe arc. And we've set it up for an interesting fucking place for the third one. Thank God he's coming back, because that would have been a frustrating mm-hmm. as shit ending to that story. Oh, my boy. JJ was back. JJ, man. God, I fucking love JJ. So good. Uh, yeah. It's hard for me to be critical about a movie that I just sat there and giggled like a fucking child. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Which it's, brings us to number one. Speaking of being unable to be critical, uh, fucking, Who, we're so predictable. We the really streak continues. Yeah. One day, one day, there will be a Marvel or Star Wars movie, a non-Marvel or non-Star Wars movie sat at the top of these lists. Yep. It is not this year. No. Nope. It's Avengers Endgame. No one's fucking shot. No, no one's but shot. I, I, For both of us as well. Other than people who are actual film critics and therefore have like, you know deep thoughts who are yeah. probably going to put some fucking shite at yeah. the top Ooh, of their The head. Farewell is number one. I'm yeah. like, mm, ain't got shit on this, has it? I imagine Avengers Endgame is going to top a lot of this because it's oh, just... Boy. It felt so monumental, a movie. It was an event. It was. We will not have another movie or another period in time in this genre that's going to feel as important as no. this did. This and Infinity War... Felt like the tensest 12 months we've had yeah. in films. Like, oh my fuck, what's actually going... Like, we knew people were going to be fine because contracts. But yeah. how they were going to get there, how they were going to round off this 11-year, 22-movie yeah. arc and make it make sense and also pay off everyone's interest and also give everybody enough to do. Yeah. Fuck, how? But do all how that... How do they do this? So be an ending without being an ending. Yeah. Because... It wasn't even the ending for more than, what, two months before Spider-Man came out? And it's like, right, we're off the races now. It's the next phase of Marvel. Considering it had to do that, it still delivered high stakes. It still delivered high payoffs. It still delivered on all its high costs that had to go into the getting the high payoffs. It doesn't hold back. I mean, don't get me wrong, it doesn't kill that many people. No, when but you who think it about does, it. it feels monumental. And I think that actually helps if everyone was dying. Properly dying, not... Infinity War level of dying that maybe we've cheapened the ones that you want to really linger on yeah so the big two what it actually kills off and what it kind of effectively kills off in Cap oh, and Spider-Man and, in, in and Iron Black, Man and Cap I mean. and Black Widow oh and Black Widow so yes but she, well, I mean, she's back next year yeah so she's, she's leading the charge I on Phase 4 I don't feel she's going to be dead for long um, it's it did so well again it's just a testament you just need to stop being surprised at this point that it can just pull off everything it does pull off but you still need to appreciate it in these types of wars where you go like, look at all the things that could have gone fucking wrong. Yep. So many moving parts, so many main characters, so many... I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not as tight as Infinity War. I think Infinity War is the better movie just because it doesn't have time travel and time travel is inherently loose. Yep. Um, the so, fact it made time travel work, though. Yeah. In sense, in universe, with the correct fucking MacGuffins. As long as you don't think about it. As long as you don't think about it, yeah. Good God, don't, don't think about it. because <laughs> Loki's still dead. Shut up. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Just don't, don't, don't worry about how Cap did what he did. Just ooh, don't, don't ignore the fact that Cap let nine eleven happen. Just 
ignore that, <laughs> yeah. and you're going to be okay. Um, yeah, it's it's fantastic. The phone everywhere shot is just unbelievable. Oh, Me all near. Yeah, that's the moment of the year. That's the oh. moment of the fucking year. Other than finishing Ditto, obviously, <laughs> um, it's a close second. Um, yeah, I mean, what more can we say? We spent about two hours reviewing the goddamn oh, thing. Oh man, I love that film. It's so good. It is. I now next year might finally be the year because we've got no, um, we've got no Star Wars movies, and we've only got Black Widow and the Eternals. So next year might be the year. It could happen that something comes and. Ends the streak of, or well, Force Awakens. What was the year after that? That would have been Civil War. Civil War. For me, it was Guardians. For you, it was something else. Spider Man. Spider Man. Yeah. Yeah. Infinity War, and now this. Something will finally come next year. I hope that will stop this streak. But yeah, it was never going to be this year. The second we saw it, I was like. Yeah, that's the best thing. It entered the yeah. list at one and stayed there the entire fucking I was like, year. JJ's going to have to make the best Star Wars movie ever to even trouble this, to yeah. even give it a pause for thought. <laughs> there is a gulf the side of the Grand Canyon between one and two. And that's not me slagging off like Star Wars or Spider-Man. They're both fantastic movies, but it was always, I feel important. Yeah. And it's rare that you get a film where you're like, fuck, we will be telling our kids about this. Yeah. So... Yeah, and just the fucking the, the sweeping shot of the pools opening up and that dun 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 building up to the original Avengers theme. You're like, oh my god, they're Perfect. doing it. Oh, film sex, dead. just the best. Yeah, film sex. It could only be that's the thing. JJ would have had to make the best Star Wars movie and free blowjobs, and then <laughs> then we've had a game on our hands. But oh. even then, nah. So yeah, well. No one's Whew. surprised. No one's fucking surprised. I don't think anyone's angry, though. It's not nope. like, we, you know, we're going, well, actually, be <laughs> like massive Warcraft fans, we put that at number one or something. It's not like that, is it? So, oh, God. There we go. Whew, how long's that? That's nearly two hours. Well, you know, that's that's without edits. It so. is. Plug away, Michael. You can go and find me on Twitter and Instagram at @thatmichael, and you can go and follow Darren on Twitter and Instagram at @thegutridge. You can go and find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under the username Foleynt. That's F-O-U-L-E-N-T. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and other RSS places under the username Foleynt or Foleynt Podcasts. That's it for 2019. The next one will be the first episode of 2020. Um, we're going to be doing a Best of Everything Else podcast, I think. Uh, yes, we're going to try and do a, one that covers both video games and TV shows. Um, By the time this is out, I think our um, top... If you wanted to read all of this rather than listen to it, mm-hmm. those will be out. Be out. I've already written that. Uh, I've written a top 10 games. A top 10 games. A Best and Worst Games of the year so. I haven't played enough um, so, I've literally just played enough so it's okay well, I need to get into that because I'll, I will do an everything else one and kind of chuck video games into that yeah, uh, and then it'll be the 2020 preview and we fucking keep rolling Yeah, we I, carry on we do I, I think the, the first 2020 film we do might be Jojo Rabbit you that sounds about right yep that's going to be that's probably it. the first one New I Year's watch. Day which has annoyed the fuck out of me oh, but there we go fuck's sake um, but no it's fine that's probably going to be the first one we we'll watch next year as well so stay tuned for that. Radio, thank you very much for listening to all our podcasts over the last year and the last, I say the last decade. We've not been going a decade, but that's the last one you'll listen to in the 2010s. We'll see you in the 2020s. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.